So uh, last week we started talking about the solution, and we're going to kind of continue and wrap it up this week, and uh, we'll just see what God has for us tonight. Y'all good? Y'all ready? Hallelujah. Everyone say, I'm pulling for the message tonight. All right, and I know that you are. You're focused and you're ready. So this scripture that we're going to start with, I had it in my notes last week. We didn't get to it. And then I kept taking it in, kept taking it out, kept taking it in, kept taking it out. And then the Holy Spirit said, I told you to put it in there, so put it in there. What I want to talk to you about tonight is that we are better together. We are stronger together and that there's powers in numbers. And what the devil loves to do, and, and I've, I've been listening to Pastor Mark preach for 20-some years now, and he has his wild kingdom theory. And he used to watch, uh, I don't know, some wild Discovery Channel. And uh, the devil, the Bible says he hunts and he prowls like a roaring lion. And when you watch the Discovery Channel or Animal Planet, what lions like to do is they like to look for that one that's secluded and off by themselves. And that's the gazelle that they go after. They go after the weak, the feeble, the young, and the alone. And so what the devil would like to do is he'd like to get us all on an island by ourselves because when we're on an island by ourselves, we feel very, very alone. And when we feel very, very alone, we're left with nothing but our insecurities, our thoughts, our worries, our fears, and all these other things. And so God has created a system. And yes, first of all, and most importantly of all, God is with you. Somebody say amen. And the word of God says he never leaves you and he never forsakes you. And I can't take anything away from that because he is our source. He is our power. He is where our help comes from. And if you have him, you have all that you need. The Bible even says that you can do what? All things through Christ who strengthens me. So there's no mountain. There's no obstacle. There's nothing you'll face in this life that you can't overcome as long as you have Jesus. And everybody said, amen. But God also has put something in our life to help us overcome obstacles. And that is relationships with one another. And what the world's been working really hard at lately is trying to distort, divide, and destroy those relationships that you have with your friends, that you have with your neighbors, that you have with your peers, and that you have with your classmates. So you can get on an island by yourself, or what we would really love to do is make you mad at them. And so I was reading this scripture, and I was reading it a while ago, and it was funny. I was sitting in big church on Sunday morning, and Pastor, he mentioned this scripture. And I was like, man, the Holy Spirit just keeps dealing with me. And we're going to look at Peter here in Acts chapter 10. Everyone say, stronger together. And so if you back it up before we pick it up, you know, Peter, the, he has a vision from the Lord, and the Lord shows up, and he talks to him about eating meat or unclean animals. And, and he says, would you ever kill and eat? And Peter, I'm paraphrasing, Peter says, no, I would never kill and eat something that's unclean. And then God responds to him, and he says this, is anything I made unclean? And so Peter, you know, he goes, wow, well, I've never really looked at it. If God made it, then it's got to be clean and it's got to be good. Let's go have a barbecue, right? And so then these three people show up and they invite Peter to come to Cornelius' house. And then this is where we pick it up at Cornelius' house. And I want to read it out of the Message Bible because I love the specific way that it says it. And we're going to get into some stuff tonight and it's going to help you. It says the next morning he got up and he went with them and his friends told him to go to Joppa and they went along. The day later, they entered into Sisera. Cornelius was expecting them, and his relatives and close friends were waiting on him. The minute Peter came through the door, Cornelius was up on his feet greeting him, and then down on his face worshiping him. And Peter pulled him up and said, none of that, I am a man and only a man, no different from you. Don't ever let the world divide you. Don't ever let the world get you to look at one another differently. 
Because we said this last week, and it's so true. There's two families in the world. There's those of us that belong to God. We've been adopted into his family. We are his children. We are his beloved. And then there's those that have not yet found him. And so we have those two families, those who belong to God and those who belong to the devil. But I said this, and I really believe it all my heart. No matter which family you belong in, whether you found him or whether you're lost, we are all his creation. Right? And God wants us to find the lost and bring them into this family that we are a part of and help them find their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Right? Because everybody is God's creation and he loves everyone, but he wants everyone to be a part of his family just like we are. Amen? And so let's keep reading. He says, I'm a man no different from you. Verses 27 through 29 out of the Message Bible. He says, taking things or talking things over, they went into the house where Cornelius introduced Peter to everyone who had come. Peter addressed them. Now listen, you're going to get into some Eastern civilization and some customs between Jews and Greeks and Jews and Gentiles. And he says, you know, I'm sure this is, as you know, this is highly irregular. Jews don't do this. They don't visit and relax with people of another race. But God has just shown me that no race is better than any other. So the minute I was sent for, I came. No questions asked, but now I'd like to know why you sent for me. And so this was very interesting because there was this separation. There was this difference between Jews and Greeks. There was this difference between Jews and Gentiles. But then Peter had this revelation and he had this understanding because an angel of the Lord showed him that, listen, there is no separation. There is no longer this great divide. And the reason we're no longer divided is because one came that is greater than us and his name is Jesus. And any divides that we had, he ripped those in two. And by the blood of Jesus Christ, he's given us this wonderful opportunity to be one family, the body of Christ, everyone say amen and so we need to stop looking at the things that separate us and we need to start looking to the one that has united us see there is an identity that is greater than your gender there is an identity that is greater than your race there's an identity that is greater than your hair color and greater than your height greater than your weight and that identity is who you are in Christ Jesus Now look at this scripture. He says this in Galatians chapter 3, verse 28 out of the NIV. He says, there's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free. No, is there any female or no, is there male or female? For you are all one in Christ. What does it say? For you are all one, where? In Christ. Now the reason that God told me to start here is because we're going to talk about helping each other. And you cannot help each other if you're mad at each other. You cannot help somebody at school if you're mad at that person at school. You cannot help somebody that you've allowed the world to divide you from and make you mad at them. You cannot help somebody like Peter in this situation when he went to help Cornelius. There was a moment in time where Cornelius or where Peter couldn't help him because he thought maybe I'm better than you. But God showed him, You're not better than anyone else. Just like Cornelius, you are a man and only a man. And when you see yourself as no longer being separated from one another, but here together, now you really can begin to help each other. We said it last week when we read in Timothy. Remember, look into your left and look into your right. That's not your problem. What's our problem? The, the devil is the problem with this world, right? And we talked about how he puts blinders on people's eyes and he confuses them. So the first thing we must do as the church is what? Pray. Everyone say pray. 
And we looked at how prayer is powerful and it took the blinders off. Jimmy, you remember taking the blinders off? And you're glad I didn't ask you to run to the back of the room with the blindfold on. Xavier, you remember you didn't cross I-565 with a blindfold on, but we prayed and the blinders came off. And then you could see clearly, right? But now we've got to go the next step. Once we pray for them, we must begin to reach out to them because we are stronger together. And if we're looking at these things that the world says should separate us, we can't help one another. So we've got to look beyond all of that. and We've got to look to who we are in Jesus Christ. And who we are in Jesus Christ is one. First Corinthians, first one, or chapter one, verse 10 says, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. Rather, be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. You know who hates harmony? The devil. You know who loves division? The devil. And he wants to divide people because he knows, what does the Bible say? Where there's unity, God pronounces the blessing. (laughs) Amen? Where there's unity, there is power. But the Bible says where there's division, there's confusion, and there's strife, and there's every evil work. Listen, there is something that has brought us all together that's greater than the way we look, that's greater than how we talk, that's greater than how we smell or any of that other stuff. What's greater than all of us is Jesus Christ. I remember I was listening to a service by Trip Lee. He's a pastor out of Georgia. Some of you may know him. He's also a hip-hop artist. And he was talking about how he could unite people of all different races. He said, I can bring Asians and Black and Caucasians and, and Hispanics. I can bring them all together on a Friday night. And for one night, through the power of music, I can unite them at a concert. But he said, I have this revelation through the power of Jesus Christ. Those people I can reunite for a night through music, I can unite them for a lifetime through Christ. Why? Because Jesus is even more powerful than music. He's more powerful than the things that, listen, I, I, I got rid of it, but I used to be on TikTok. There's so much division on TikTok. There's so much hatred on some of these platforms that feed into us all day long. And the whole reason the devil will use that is to try, to try to cause division between you and your friends and people that you're supposed to love you now despise and hate. The, t- the people God told you to love through the word, you now despise and hate because why? The world said to hate them because they look different or they sound different or they don't like what you like. How many of y'all know that's not right? Amen? We love everybody and that love comes through our heart, but rather be of one mind, united in thought and in purpose. Everyone say stronger together. Now, this scripture over here in Ecclesiastics, it talks about this. I'm accepting. So we have to understand. And the reason why I started there, the reason why the Holy Spirit had me put that scripture in is because we can't let anything divide us. And then once we make a decision that nothing can divide us, now we can actually begin to help each other. We can watch out for one another. We can be a support system for one another. We can actually, with our hearts and with genuine love, care for each other. And we can do what the Bible says in the book of Corinthians where it says, when one weeps, everybody weeps with them. When one hurts, everyone hurts. When one's rejoicing, they're all rejoicing. And when one's happy, they're all happy. Why? Because we are connected. But over here in Ecclesiastes, it says this in chapter 4, I have observed another example of meaningless in our world. This is a case of a man who is all alone, without child or brother, who wants hard, who works hard to gain as much wealth as he can. But he asks himself, who am I working for? Why am I giving up so much pleasure now? Is it also meaningless and depressing? Now listen to this. Two people, someone say two people. 
Two people can accomplish more or twice as much as one. They get a better return for their labor. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But people who are all alone, when they fall, they're in real trouble. And on a cold night, two under the same blanket can gain warmth from each other. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone, now this is important, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a, tripid, a triple braided cord is not easily broken. And so this is what the devil wants to do. He wants to separate us off. He wants to cause these divisions on these surface level things. So that way we'll be on this island by ourselves. So that way when he attacks us, just like he said here in Ecclesiastics, when he comes and attacks, we're in real trouble. Now, I know there's nobody in the room in here like me because you're all perfect. But I know I've made a few mistakes in my life. And I've always been grateful for the people that were around me to pick me up when I fell short. I'm grateful for people in my life that actually cared for me. And you need to have close friends. And we talked about it last week, about that terrible incident that happened. But what if you would have had a close friend that was next to him to tell him, what you're doing is wrong and how to come to Jesus meeting with them, right? You need relationships. So when you're about to make a bad, not just any relationships, but good, strong, godly relationships. So when you're about to make a bad decision, you've got somebody saying there, you know, that's not right. Because if you're all alone, when that temptation comes, it can overcome you. But if you have somebody standing there with you, see this being alone thing, it's just kind of, it's dangerous and it's scary. If you go over to 1 Kings, which is just an interesting example of being all alone. I'll give you the backstory here in just a minute. 1 Kings chapter 19. And this is Elijah. Now, I'll just give you the backstory right now. Elijah, he called all these false prophets up onto this mountain and he challenged them. And I'm sure many of you have heard this biblical account. All right, and, and, and they threw this sacrifice on there, and he said, you call on your gods, and if your gods burn it off, we know they're real. I'll call my God. If my God burns it up, we know he's real. And so all these false idols, they were cutting themselves. They were putting on this big show, and guess what? Their God never showed up because he's not real. And then Elijah, he steps up, and he says, you know what? That's not good enough. I put a sacrifice there, but go ahead and throw water on it. And the Bible says they threw so much water on it. It was soaked and boiling over, and then he called down fire from heaven, and immediately the fire of God, who's the living God, came down, consumed the entire offering, and burnt up all the water, and then everybody knelt down and began to praise the living God, who was the God of Elijah, and then Elijah instructed them, take them all captive, they took all the prophets, and they slay all the prophets, right, and then all of a sudden, there's this great drought, and then Elijah prays, and there's this great storm, and this thundercloud, and so he's had these very powerful experiences, one powerful experience after another, powerful experience after another, powerful experience after another. And then we pick it up here in chapter 19. And it said, well, I won't read all of this, but basically, uh, you know, this Jezebel, who's, the, well, we'll just read it. When Ahab got home, he told Jezebel what Elijah had done and that he had slaughtered the prophets of all, or bound. And Jezebel sent a message to Elijah that says, may the gods also kill me if by this time tomorrow I have, I have failed to take your life of those who you killed. And Elijah was afraid and went to that place right there, the town of Judah, and he left his servant there, or the other scriptures say he left his armor bearer there. Now watch this, verse 4. Then he went, what? Alone into the desert. Traveling all day, he sat on a solitary place underneath the sycamore tree, and he prayed that he might die. 
He said, I've had enough, Lord. He said, take my life, for I'm no better than my ancestors. And so what is the difference here? How can you go from these powerful experiences in God and then all of a sudden being scared that this lady is going to track you down and kill you? The difference was he's now alone. He's had time to think about things. He's had time to reflect on his humanity. He's had time to look at the threats that are being made. How many times do we look around at the natural things and those natural things create fear in our lives? They create worry. They create anxiety. And we're looking at that stuff more than we're looking at God. And then we reach the end of our road and we say, I can't take it anymore. Now, guys, this is no secret to you. We've talked about it before. We've talked about suicide amongst young people. During the last three years of COVID, it has skyrocketed and went through the roof. What happened over the last three years? We've all been shut in and secluded. We need relationships. Teenagers weren't built to do life alone. You were built to do life with God, and you were built to do life with friends who love God. That was a really good spot for an amen. You were built to do life with God, and you were built to do life with friends who love God. And when we have friends around us who love God, no matter what temptation comes our way, no matter what challenge comes our way, we're able to overcome it because we got peers that are pushing us on. We know what Proverbs 27, 17 says. It says that iron sharpens iron. <laughs> you guys in this room, you're iron. You can't have any friends that are made of wood because they don't make you better. You need to be careful about the people you select and bring into your life, right? We know the Bible tells us that bad company corrupts good morals. You can have the best morals in the world, but if you're constantly hanging out with people that want to drag you down, that's what's going to happen. It says that iron sharpens iron. So what does that mean? You being iron must surround yourself with other people that are iron. You've got to surround yourself. And listen, I challenge you, put people in your life that make you better, and then you work hard to make them better. Why? Because we are stronger together. Everyone say stronger together. Now look at this, Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 through 2. Brothers, if someone is caught in a trespass, you who are spiritual should restore them and restore them with spiritual gentleness. But watch yourself that you may also be tempted. Verse 2, carry one another's burdens, and in this way you'll fulfill the law of Christ. So what does that mean? I don't do life alone. And when somebody makes a mistake, I don't judge them, but instead I help them. See, I'm not here. It's just like Jesus with the woman caught in adultery. He didn't throw stones. He helped her. When one of your friends makes a mistake, don't go gossip about it to all your other friends. You wouldn't want that for you, so don't do that for someone else. If someone makes a mistake, do what the scripture says, and with a spirit of gentleness, restore them. Maybe you got somebody right now who used to come to church and they haven't been to church in a while. With a spirit of gentleness, restore them. Hey, come back to church with me. Just because they've made a mistake or they've been away doesn't mean they have to stay away. No, those of us that are spiritual, and that's everyone in the room, Let's restore them and let's help them. I got this illustration and I hope it works out. I hope it's, it's as good. Noodle boy, if you want to come on down. Everybody give a round of applause for Noah. <clears throat> Such a good helper. 
Everyone say stronger together. Noah represents a solitary life. And that solitary life represents a singular flame. Now, listen, I know I don't have to give this disclaimer, but I'm going to. Don't play with fire. (laughs) It's a hard disclaimer to give because I love fire and it's so entertaining and it's so great. Just put it over this. This is what happens. Lots of times people get caught up in a sin, a trespass, a struggle, and maybe it's not even a sin. Maybe they get caught up in a challenge of the day with like depression. Or maybe they get challenged, you know, with not being treated the way that they're supposed to be treated. And what happens, all these cares and these worries, they come and they just put out our light. Now drop it in there. That represents Noah's life. Once he falls away from God, listen. (laughs) Gotcha, huh? (laughs) Got a little hot? (laughs) That's the way it is with God. You'll never forget it. (laughs) It's good. Once you fall into this trap, guys, if you don't have good people to lift you up, it only gets worse. And this is what the devil does. You remember at the beginning with Adam and Eve when he enticed them with sin, he convinced them, you know what? Life is better with me than it is with God. Man, how many times have we heard that challenge from the devil? Right? And so maybe, you know, we make a bad decision and it just pours a little bit on. And then, you know, our friends are doing this or doing that. We make another bad decision. It pours a little bit more on. Maybe... Because we all know what happens in middle school and high school, guys. There's opportunities to compromise your faith around every turn. Right? And maybe you know some people that have compromised their faith. Maybe you've compromised your faith. What we have to decide to do is instead of letting the devil just continue to pour it on, we've got to get ourselves out of that. And the only way sometimes people can get out of that is if someone helps them. Now look at this. All these things that Noah has gone through. He's still a person that God loves, just like you. So when Noah comes out of there, you know, he's supposed to have this light. But because his life has been consumed by all these other things, he doesn't work the way he's supposed to work. He doesn't glow the way he's supposed to glow. He doesn't burn as bright as he should burn. Why? Because he's been struggling with something. Listen to me. You know somebody who's been struggling with something. And maybe you've been struggling with something. The Bible says this in the book of Galatians, that whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. If you're struggling, help one of your friends that's struggling, and then you'll reap that harvest in return. Sometimes the best help that we can do for ourselves is helping somebody else. And when this sin comes, and we talked about that, or we sang that song earlier, you know, sin's been broken over our lives, and we have all these temptations all around. And when we give into that, we don't function the way we're supposed to. Sometimes we just need somebody else to come along. And when someone else comes along, they can restore us back to the way we're supposed to be. But listen, if this never came along, he doesn't have a chance. He's not going to function. He's not going to operate. He's not going to be a light. And this is what Matthew 5 talks about, guys. Remember, it says, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out. See, help others. Let them see your heaven. And that's what it says. When your good deeds shine out, then everybody else will give glory to your heavenly Father. So when you come alongside somebody, because I know, I promise you, you know somebody who needs Jesus. You know somebody who's struggling. 
Their light has gone out because they've just been consumed with the things of this world. They just need somebody to come. They're not a wasted cause. Thank you, Noah. You keeping that? <laughs> okay. They're not a wasted cause. Just like that lighter was a representation of one human life. It's not a wasted cause. It just needs somebody to come along that can see its potential. That can say, you know what, man? You can do this. And then we need to be like Jesus when he was recruiting the first disciples and they asked about his life. And what did he tell them? Come see. Invite people. I know someone who can help you. Who can reignite that light on the inside of you. Who can fix things that are broken. Come see a man. And bring him here and let him find Jesus just like you found Jesus. I want to read this scripture and then we'll, we'll wind it down. This is Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 21. I know it's a lot of reading. Listen to this, though. Really listen to this, guys. Everyone say, stronger together. This scripture is love in action, and it talks about how we're stronger together. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. Now, I want to stop right there. Just I can't move on. Hate what is wrong and hold tightly to what is good. Hate what is wrong and hold tightly to what is good. What is good? Jesus is good. Hold tightly to him. Don't let anyone take that away from you. Hold tightly to your faith. Hold tightly to him with everything you have because he is good. Amen? Hold tightly to what is good, hate what is wrong, love each other with a genuine affection, take delight in honoring each other, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastic. Rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble and keep on praying. What we talked about last week, praying. Everyone say prayer is powerful. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Verse 14, bless those who persecute you. Y'all watch this now. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. That's tough sometimes. Don't curse those who persecute you, but what are we supposed to do? Pray that God will bless them. I love verse 16. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. What is that? That's Peter and Cornelius. See, when you're at school, you should never have the mentality. I know you're on summer break now, but you should never have the mentality, I'm better than anybody else. I'm better than everybody else. When you have that mentality, you won't help people. Right? And we're not better than anyone else. Why? Because Jesus has made us all equal. We're all God's creation. I'm here for you and you're here for me. And we are here to work in harmony with each other, to love one another. Amen. Everyone say better together. Live in harmony with one another. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Ooh, Lord Jesus, yes, it's in there. Don't think you know it all. Verse 17. Never pay back for evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you're honorable. Don't do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Now, Pastor Mark talked about this a couple Sundays ago. I'm not just mentioning it because he's in the room, but it was actually really, really good. He talked about going and seeking after peace with everyone. It's like getting your hunting gear and you go after it to hunt it. Hunt for peace. Search for peace. 
Go after peace. Amen. And seek to have it, not just with the people you like, but seek to have peace with everyone. Don't you know it's easy to have peace with people you like? I have peace with all of you and it's easy because I like you. Right? But there's some people, if we're just being completely honest, that maybe it's not as easy to get along with as it is other people. Well, what do we do in that case? We hunt for peace. Hunt for peace. And we'll say, I'm a hunter. Do all that you can to live with peace in everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I'll pay them back, says the Lord. Verse 20, instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. Doing this will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Verse 21, don't let, don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Listen, this world needs help. And their help comes from Jesus. And lots of times, Jesus comes to this world through you. This world needs help. And their help comes from Jesus. And lots of times, Jesus comes to them through you. Amen? And so we have to work hard at all these things and understand that we are stronger and better together. Everyone say better together. And so we must work hard at these things. Look for somebody, David, if you want to come up. Look for somebody to help this week. Look for somebody, like Pastor Mark said at the beginning, to invite to church. And if somebody's fallen down and got caught up in something, don't look at them as, that's a wasted life. Look at them as, that's somebody I can help. Like I said a moment ago, I'm grateful that people didn't give up on me. But even in my mistakes, they saw my potential. When you look at people, whether it's a brother or a sister, maybe it's somebody you go to school with, when you look at them, look at and see them the way God sees them with their potential because that's his creation.